make yourself comfortable and help yourself to anything in the fridge. But probably best not to go upstairs. Grandma's asleep up there and she hasn't been well lately. Those were the last words my girlfriend said to me before she left me alone in her mum's place. Mel kissed me on the lips and winked, heading out the front door with her mother by her side, laughing as they walked towards the two-seater Porsche in the driveway. That was the reason I wasn't invited on their little excursion to get food from the shops apparently. Not enough car room. I didn't mind. Not one bit. As I waved them off from the lounge window, the main thing I felt was relief. Half an hour alone would allow me to calm down a bit and recover my nerves before dinner. You know that feeling you get when you meet your new partner's parents for the first time? Those horrible, stomach-churning nerves? The desire to make a good impression? Well, times all that by a hundred. That was how I felt when Mel and I pulled up in her mum's driveway. Partly it was the strength of my feelings for Mel. I've only known her a few months, but I've already convinced myself she's the one. But the other part of it was her family. Her family's house. Mel comes from old money. I'm not talking a middle-class two-cars-and-four-bedrooms type deal, either. I mean they're rich. Their house is a mansion. It's way out in the new forest, set back from this little country lane. Long driveway, black iron gates, statues out the front, the whole works. Intimidating as fuck, in other words. Mel's mum is intimidating, too. She looks like a star from an old Hollywood film. Tall, beautiful, long black hair. Green eyes that I could hardly meet when Mel introduced us. All these thoughts and memories flashed through my head as I watched the Porsche disappearing down the driveway. My heart was still beating fast in my chest, and my palms were sweaty. But I was starting to get to grips with myself. I had half an hour by myself now, at least. I was alone. Well, not completely alone. Probably best not to go upstairs. Grandma's asleep up there, and she hasn't been well lately. Mel's parting words floated back to me. I stared up at the ceiling. And a couple of seconds later, as if on cue, I heard the first thump. It took me a long time to make the decision to go upstairs. For at least ten minutes I stood in the hall of Mel's mum's house, staring up into the shadows of the first floor landing, wondering whether or not to investigate the sound I'd heard. The house around me was silent. I could hear birdsong outside, but no cars. The hum of the refrigerator drifted in from the kitchen, nothing else. I'd been standing there for about five minutes when the second thump came. It was up above my head, somewhere between a footstep and thud of furniture tipping over. Shortly after that, the sound came again, even louder the third time. That was enough for me. Thinking that Mel's grandma might have fallen over and hurt herself, I hurried up into the darkness. I came to a stop on the landing. I was in a long, shadowy space with doors leading off either side, too dark to see properly. I scanned my eyes across the wall for a light switch, but couldn't find one. Fumbled my phone out of my pocket, tapped the torch function, then swept the light through the darkness. I was planning to flash it across the wall to find a switch, but I didn't get that far. The photo album stopped me. The album lay in the center of a small table opposite the staircase. It was large and black. Gold lettering on the cover glinted in my phone light. I walked over to read what it said. Family Dinners. That was the title of the album. The letters were written in a fine, slanted print. The book looked old. Before I could stop myself, without really thinking about what I was doing, I'd reached out and opened it. Tiny faces stared back at me. I was looking down at a collection of small Polaroids, loosely arranged across the cream pages. 
My eyes went to the one in the top left at first, and I quickly understood the reason behind the album's name. The photo had been taken at dinner. Candles, glasses, and wine bottles covered a long table surface. Four people stared back at the camera. I recognized Mel and her mother right away. My girlfriend looked younger, but not by much. Her hair was a little different, but otherwise she was pretty much the same. Mel's mother, who sat opposite her, looked about the same too. The third woman was the grandmother. Had to be. She was propped awkwardly at the table's far end, an old lady with a perm and drooping skin, thick grey bags under her eyes, hands like wrinkled claws on the tablecloth. Looking at that photo, I wasn't surprised Mel had described her as unwell. I only looked at her for a moment, though, before my eyes were drawn to the fourth face in the photo, the face of the guy sitting next to Mel. The stranger was young, blonde, and handsome. He stared back at the camera with a wide grin on his face. His left hand was resting on Mel's thigh, an old boyfriend. Ignoring a twinge of jealousy in my stomach, I turned my attention to the album's next photo, and I frowned. At first I thought it was the same group. There was Mel with her mother sitting opposite, there was Grandma hunched and withered at the table's far end, there was the blonde guy sitting next to Mel, his arm casually thrown around her shoulders. Only when I looked closer, I realized that wasn't quite right. It wasn't the same guy. I looked back at the previous photo to check, comparing the two. Nope, definitely someone new. A different boyfriend, perhaps? I turned the page. More Polaroid photos, more shots around the dining table, more men. Each photo was exactly the same setup, just with a different guy. There were four new ones on this page, a tall redhead with freckles and long arms, a well-muscled rugby player type, another blonde guy, a nervous-looking, slightly overweight bloke with red cheeks. My eyes flicked between each of them, my frown deepening. What the hell was this? I picked the album up to get a closer look, squinting down at the strangers. Mel and I had never spoken about previous relationships. I'd asked her casually once or twice, but each time she'd changed the subject. Now I thought I could see why. I stared at her smiling face in each of the photos, feeling the jealousy in my stomach grow like weeds. What are you doing, boy? The voice came from the shadows behind me. I dropped the photo album. It crashed back onto the table as I spun around, my heart squeezing itself up into my throat. Mel's grandmother stood a few feet away from me. She was half hidden in the darkness, swaying in place on a metal crutch. She looked even older than she had in the photos, almost ancient. Thin white hair covered her scalp. Her eyes glinted in the darkness of the hallway, tiny beads buried in loose folds of flesh. When she opened her mouth, I could just make out the browning stumps of her teeth. You shouldn't be up here. I'm, I'm sorry, I heard a noise and I thought I'd come up quickly and check. I didn't mean to- You shouldn't be up here. Her sudden scream caught me completely off guard. I panicked, began backing away down the hall even as the old woman advanced towards me, shuffling across the carpet far more quickly than I'd thought possible. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to startle you. I Is it dinner time yet? Has my daughter made the preparations? Spittle flew from her mouth as she screamed. Her hand was a white claw on her metal crutch. As she continued hobbling towards me, I spotted a half-open door on my left. A bathroom. Before I could think about what I was doing, or why, I darted inside, shut the door behind me and pulled the bolt. A split second later, the handle began to rattle. Is it dinner time? I'm so hungry, Clarissa. 
I backed away from the door. She was just an ill old lady, probably a sufferer of dementia or something similar. But the thought did nothing to ease the thumping in my chest. All that happened half an hour ago. I've been stuck in the bathroom ever since. I texted Mel 25 minutes back to tell her exactly what happened. She sent a response back straight away. Oh god, I'm so sorry. Oh, don't move. We'll be back ASAP. Mwah. I followed her instructions. I was still pretty unsettled after the encounter with her grandma, but Mel's text helped me calm down a little. It helped relax me. Or at least, it did at first. Over the past 20 minutes or so though, I've started feeling worse again. I've started feeling nervous. Unsettled in a way I can't quite place. Partly it's that photo album. My mind keeps going back to it, picturing all those faces, all those men. The thing is, I almost feel like I recognize one of them. That first blonde guy, I feel like I've seen his face somewhere before. At first I thought he must just be someone I knew from uni or school. Maybe even someone I'd seen around town. That's not right though. I know it isn't right. When I picture his face, I feel like I've seen it on social media. A photo being shared around Twitter or something. Either that or in a newspaper. That's not the main thing making me feel nervous though. The main thing is Mel's grandma. She's still there, outside the door. I can hear her breathing even as I type this, shuffling back and forth in the hallway, occasionally muttering to herself. Mostly it's nonsense or stuff I can't quite hear, but a couple of times I've made out the words, a few stray sentences here and there. About ten minutes ago, for instance, she whispered something about fear making them tender, whatever the fuck that means. Mostly she just keeps saying how hungry she is and asking if dinner's ready. But I need to go now anyway. I just heard the Porsche coming down the driveway. It's funny, but even though I know the sound should make me feel better, it doesn't. The nerves in my stomach, that bad, hard-to-place feeling just won't go. I have a view of the driveway through the bathroom window. Looking out of it now, I can see the car pulling up. I can see Mel and her mother getting out. I'd have thought they'd have been worried after that text I sent, but they're both still laughing like they did when they left. And the thing that's stranger? Even though they told me they were getting stuff for dinner, the only thing they're carrying in their hands is red wine. No sign of any food at all. Thank you for listening. I've been your host, Tom. Don't forget to check out Sleepless Readings on YouTube to hear these stories first. And as always, stay sleepless.